Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can follow me on social media at mbills314. And you can also send me an email to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Well, family, I'm back. Vacation is over, and I'm ready to pod. (laughs) So I know it's been a while. I thank everybody who's been rocking with me from day one all my supporters, everyone who's following the podcast, everyone who's been asking when is the next episode coming. Listen, I'm here. Listen, I did take some unexpected time off, meaning that I didn't tell you about it, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, me and my family went out and and enjoyed ourselves and spent time with family and uh, went out to eat for the first time in six, seven, eight months, which is crazy. It was outdoor seating. It was uh, it was nice. Everything was cool. It was social distance. It was just me and my wife and all the other patrons, is that if that's what you call them, <laughs> and everyone else who attended the restaurant. You know, everybody was distant out. Everyone had their own special area. You know, so I thought that was dope. And we enjoyed that a lot. Like I said, I forgot how it feels to even go out to eat. Now, I know for some people, it still may take some time for you to go out there and eat. But, you know, we did it. Seven months in, it was outside. We were safe. Everything was good. So, you know, when I take these breaks, man, it's like so much goes on in the world. There's so much you want to say. There's so much you want to address, but you can only do it in so much time. You know what I'm saying? And school is starting back. You know, you got to have that conversation, whether your kids going to do virtual or are they going to go to a physical building? Um, just so happens that uh, our children, their school said, uh-uh, we doing all virtual. And for my son, who's three, he'll be attending online. So I'm still trying to figure out how that's going to work out. So that's going to be interesting to get a three-year-old to stay still. Got to tell him to stay still every three seconds. Stay still. Don't move. Put your hands down. Put your hands out your mouth. Stay still. Look. Look here. <laughs> so that's this is going to be interesting. But this is a new world. It's a different time that we're all getting adjusted to. Um, I know some people... It's like, Lord, when you coming? I know you got to be coming soon with all this mess going on. Uh, he might not. <laughs> you know, I know we rushing the Lord. We ready to go ahead and get beamed up. But we still got a lot of work to do. And there's no sense in trying to rush and get out of here when, when God allowed us to be born for such a time as this. And I believe that if he allowed us to be born in this season, that he has something that he will have for us to do. I truly believe that. I truly believe that we are all here for a reason. We all have a purpose and a plan in God. And it was God's purpose that we live through this period. It wasn't God's purpose that we live through 1865. Or 1621. He wanted you to be born in this day and time during this pandemic, during this job loss, during all these crazy things that are taking place because God is about to do something 
magnificent. You just wait and see. So the last time we talked, we dealt with racism in the church. I started a new series, Racism in the Church, part one. And I want to continue uh, part two of that very same message, racism in the church. Because whether you know it or not, and a lot of people don't know, but as I stated before, racism in America would not have existed if the church would not have sanctioned it. I'll say it again, racism in America would not have existed if the church would not have sanctioned it. And this is basically what happened. Basically, the white ministers and white slave owners, they entered into a partnership on the belief that selected portions of the Bible would make slaves better workers and serve as a security against infidelity and rebellion. Slavery in America lasted 246 years and it existed and persisted so long because, as I stated, the church sanctioned slavery and gave its approval to slave owners to practice slavery and to call themselves Christians. Now, because of things like that, it has turned black people away from Christianity. And the end result of that is that you've had a lot of black people um, convert to Islam. You had a lot of black people go elsewhere because they say that the Christianity is the white man's religion. And they got that because of what took place in slavery. Slave owners calling themselves Christians and then trying to use scripture to justify their doing. Well, that doesn't make or did not make the word of God of none effect. It doesn't make the word of God not true. It just makes the vessel who was preaching a redacted version of the Bible evil. And I stated on the last episode, and I want to repeat it again, that the slave Bible, which was the Bible that the slaves had, the slave Bible was created in 1807 in England, and it was a redacted version of the Bible. And all references of freedom, escape, equality, justice were removed. So, for example, Moses leading the children out of Israel, out of Egyptian bondage, was not in, the, in that Bible, right? And today, I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth with the racism in the church because to this day, it's still prevalent and it has to be discussed. It's a, it's a, it's a sleeping giant, but the giant has been asleep for too long. And it seems like that every time that there is a situation that takes place like a George Floyd or Elijah McClain or something that happens where police brutality is concerned or something that happens to a, a black life that feels um, unjustified. Racism tends to rear its ugly head. And the church, we have a responsibility to be an example to the world. The world should basically be looking at the church to find out and to figure out, okay, this is how we're supposed to be. This is how we're supposed to love. They're supposed to come to us for the answers. But instead, it seems like that a lot of the church is blending right in with the world. So if there's racism in the world, 
it shouldn't be racism in the church. People from the in the world should be able to leave the world to come to the church to find safety, to find answers, to find security, to find all those things. Now, when I say the church, I'm not talking about coming to a building. I'm talking about coming into the body of Christ. I'm talking about coming into fellowship with Jesus Christ. And those who call themselves Christians, once they get around us, they should be able to feel that peace and love of God. They shouldn't be able to come around us and they're getting the same type of hate that they were getting when they were in the world. You understand what I'm saying? So seeing that November is coming up, election time is coming up, and we're having, we're about to make a decision on who's going to be the next president of the United States. President-elect Joe Biden just announced his vice president running mate, which will be Senator Kamala Harris, which has made her the first black woman to be vice president, first woman at that, and also the first black woman to become vice president. That is history in the making. I thought that was uh, thought that was interesting. I was like, "Wow, Joe trying to get that vote." <laughs> Joe trying to get that vote. But um, seeing that we're coming into this time, this is what I've noticed that really divides the church up. Really divides the church up because you have now what the world calls left wing and right wing. You have Republican and you have Democrat. Now, me personally, and I've stated before time and time again on this podcast that I do not personally subscribe to any political party. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm only on the Lord's side. I believe that on both the Democratic Party and Republican Party, they both have issues that I believe in. And both of them have issues that I don't believe in on both sides so i can't pick one over the other i can't and i've strongly encouraged pastors not to make political stances or to say well i am for the republican party because what's been preached is that the republican party is the party for the christian and that if you're a christian and if you don't vote republican then you're not of god and the republican party is basically god's party and jesus does not have a political party he doesn't have one you can't make jesus a, a republican jesus is not a republican and jesus is not a democrat but as I stated before, the Republican Party specifically, they try to make that. And when I say they, I'm talking about a lot of the uh, more white conservative Christians, as they call them. Um, a lot of white ministries, they want to make the Republican Party the party for the belief. And that's not true. So you should not, I repeat, you should not, no believer should identify Christianity or the church with a political party as the only Christian party. You can't do it. It's not biblical and it's not right. And when you do that, you already create inherent division. Already, flat out. You create division. And that's why we have division today. Primarily because of that. So even if they were to say, okay, well, racism, whoop-de-whoop-whoop-de-whoop. When it comes down to this political stuff, this is where the line is drawn for some reason. Because what happens is, is that 
they say that the Republican Party is for the believer because of the Republican Party's stance on same-sex marriage and their stance on abortion. And those really are the two primary reasons that they use. Now, the Bible is against same-sex marriage and the Bible is against abortion. I, myself, are against both as well. So let me make that clear. But the Democratic Party is stands for social justice and racial equality. And the Bible speaks against both of those as well. And I am for social justice and racial equality. So I can't pick one party over the other. Both parties have biblical stances that should be adhered to. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I can't subscribe now, of course, because the, the individuals that are going to be running, it's going to always be, as we say, choosing or picking the lesser of two evils. So I can't tell you who to vote for. I personally <laughs> don't think Donald Trump should be president. I never thought that. Um, to me, he is a celebrity. That's why he's called the celebrity in chief. I mean, he's a celebrity to me. He's a billionaire celebrity that I feel like don't have the qualifications to operate in the leadership of president. Now, people like him because of his um, his doggedness, his uh, willing to say anything or willing to speak his mind. They feel like he's not uh, politically correct or whatever have you. But I just think that some of the decisions that he's made, some of the statements that he's made, I just don't think he operates in the state of wisdom. Um, I don't believe he was chosen by God, as many have stated, because I've told you before that God does not pick our presidents. We pick our president. This is not a monarchy. Monarchy would be different. It, it would be God would choose them then. Just like he chose kings in the Bible. In our American culture and in the United States of America, God isn't choosing our presidents. Because if he chose the president, we wouldn't be going out to vote. How will, how will our vote override God's vote? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, we vote if God is going to pick the president. But what God has done is that he has permitted and sanctioned the position of a president. So God has blessed and sanctioned the position, not the person. We choose the person. You understand what I'm saying? And whoever gets in that office, it is our biblical responsibility to pray for them. So I do pray for Donald Trump and all our government officials, vice president, everyone included. I don't agree with his antics. I don't agree with his half the stuff that he does, over half the stuff, stuff that he says and does. But there are some things that if he says something that's commendable or if he passes something or does something that's commendable, I would... I will acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want us to get focused on parties and this and that. We have to focus on God. And I know that sounds cliche, but we really do. You're really, your trust, confidence, and hope has to be in the Lord. It cannot be in a party or a person. And as I stated before, and I'll keep saying again, if you or any believer Identify Christianity with a political party. You will create inherent division. Get connected to the word on a whole nother level. Listen to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures podcast with Martinez. So seeking, I've been reaping the harvest. 
Take the food from us, but they can't starve us. I'm just so seeking and I'm thankful to you. So speaking and I'm singing too. No peeking on my faith in you. No speaking all I said I'm gonna do. No need to waste a look at the you. I'm just so seeking and I'm looking for harvest. Take the truth from us, but they can't call it. Blindfold from coast to coast. Nine paces, I'm flat faced, spinning on the ground so I know the road. In the ring on zero, roll with the punches, I know the ropes. Going down, I know the slopes. Horse dead old town road, yeah, I wrote that, but I can't no more. Hot king, a fit to make the hot date. Heart rate change, five paces when we start race. No bailing out, military at about face. So seeking, so seeking, I've been reaping the harvest. Take the food from us, but they can't starve us. I'm just so seeking and I'm thankful to you. So speaking and I'm singing too. No peeking on my faith in you. No speaking on a set of do. No need to wait to look at the I'm just so seeking and I'm looking for harvest. Take the truth from us, but they can't call it. Seek the heart and not that hand. What a wretched man I am. Is it God or is it me? Gotta listen. One knock at the door and I repeat. Open this in, one drop on the floor and I can't breathe, but I'm blissing in love with these. Three in one body of the Trinity, music for the body of ministry. Keep it squeaky clean for them sensories. Can you send the sun spirit into me? Ignoring the ballots and industry, give it to me. God touch and tend to see. So seeking and I'm speaking regardless till he stops it. Now unto him who keeps us from falling. Drop. So seeking, I've been reaping the harvest. Take the food from us, but they can't starve us. I'm just so seeking and I'm thankful to you. So speaking and I'm singing too. No peeking on my faith in you. No speaking on a set of do. No need to wait to look at the you. I'm just so seeking and I'm looking for harvest. Take the truth from us, but they can't call it. This concludes side A. Please flip to side B. And I say on both parties, there are things biblically in both. So how can you pick one? You can't just pick the, the what you deem the big sins. Well, you know, same-sex marriage is the big sin and and uh, and abortions are the big sin. So I'm going to roll with the Republicans. Okay, well, what about social injustice and what about racial equality? Do I need to read you, read to you what God says about those things? I'm going to read it to you because I may have some Republicans listening to me. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 16 and 17. It says, he gave justice and help to the poor and needy and everything went well for him isn't that what it means to know me says the lord but you you have eyes only for greed and dishonesty you murder the innocent oppress the poor and reign ruthlessly so you see what i'm saying so god is for justice for his people all of mankind so you can't discredit the poor or you can't uh, you know even when it comes to Wanting to help the poor, oh, well, we'll give them a little bit. They really don't need all that. We really want to put all that money into 
helping the poor. Why would we do that? But why not? God, the Bible says that if you if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. You see what I'm saying? This is not a political episode, but I'm just showing you that we're still talking about racism in the church. I'm just showing you how this inherent division of racism continues to persist. And I personally was turned off from a ministry. I'm not going to call their name, but a ministry that I've been following for a very, very long time since a a young boy. (laughs) He turned me off because he made a statement of about kind of like what I'm mentioning to you now about the Republican Party and this is the party he's for, this is God's party and when he did that it just, it it hurt but it's like I had to stop supporting the ministry because I can't, now I can't, it's hard for me to filter through that it's hard for me to filter through that, that's why I always tell people as I stated before, stop endorsing parties pastors whoever you you can't endorse it because when you endorse it you create an inherent division evident what it did to me (laughs) you know what i'm saying because now i'm thinking okay so this is what you're for and when you create a and when you are for a party that your your person that's representing your party when they get in that position if you don't speak out against it that means you're for your silence is loud and your silence to me is saying that I'm for that. Now it's different if you're in the person that's a part of your party did something foul and then you spoke out against it, but none of them do. A lot of them try to um, support or look over what they do. So as a believer, Whoever gets in the White House, whether they're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, whatever, we should be praying for everyone. So the White House calls and say, we want you to come and pray for the president or pray with the president. I'm there. They're Republican. They're a Democrat. I'm there. They're a Libertarian. I'm there. It doesn't matter because all of us as a believer, you're not for neither side. You're for God's side. You're you're wanting to see the country grow in in a right direction. You want to see the country go in a God direction. You want fairness in everything. You understand what I'm saying? So that's how it should be. But it seems like when... President Barack Obama was in office. Now, of course, granted him being the first black president, <laughs> all the black preachers was up there, <laughs> up there praying for him, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? We were excited and we never experienced anything like that. But at the same time, when he stepped down, even though Trump got in office, the, the same group, and I think a little, I think initially in the beginning, that group of black ministries who were praying for President Barack Obama was with up there with Trump, but then Trump started wilding out and they pulled back. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that because they made the initial step and you should. And that's what you're supposed to do. As a believer, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, you, you're you doing what you know to do, but if you start seeing an individual operate in a way that's not godly and in a way that's not pleasing then yeah you have the right to pull back so look i turned this into a political podcast (laughs) but that's not what this is at all so racism is one of the greatest killers ever recorded in history let me put that on record racism is one of the greatest killers 
ever recorded in history. And again, I make this statement, the Bible was used to control slaves and keep them in an oppressed state. The Bible was used to control and keep the slaves in an oppressed state. That's a fact. So if you've been hearing that, that is a fact. They use the Bible for that. Now, I did a podcast probably two years ago, and you can still find it, (laughs) uh, on slavery in the Bible. And I dealt with slavery being in the Bible, but how slavery in the Bible was totally different from American slavery. It was totally different from the transatlantic slave trade. It was not the same. In the Bible, a lot of people sold themselves into slavery for a debt they couldn't pay. a whole bunch of other things, but it wasn't against their will and, and you know, being beaten and, and all the cruel things that black people in America have experienced. So with that being said, what the slave masters in America would do is that they would take those scriptures as it talks about slavery and then they will twist it. And we're going to read one in Ephesians chapter six. Let's go to Ephesians chapter six. Let's look at verse five. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Now, that's what the slave masters will read. They would continue to read that, read that scripture. Now, granted, think about it. We couldn't read back then. Our ancestors couldn't read, so they couldn't tell them, okay, let's let's read verse nine. Like they couldn't read, so they had to take whatever it was they were reading as fact, as gospel. So what the slave masters would do is that they would read God's instruction to the slave, but they would never read God's instruction given to the slave master. See, whether you know it or not, that scripture that we just read in Ephesians 6 verse 5 that was instruction given to the slave but if you go down to verse 9 there is an instruction given to the slave master and in verse 9 of Ephesians chapter 6 it says masters treat your slaves in the same way don't threaten them remember you both have the same master in heaven and he has no favorites wow let me read that again masters treat your slaves in the same way now let's figure out what he mean in the same way so let's go back up to verse 5 and then we're going to read down to verse 9 remember we study and this is how we study that we have to go back up and read so we're not you know misinterpreting scripture so verse 5 and we're going to read down to verse 9 it says slaves obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear serve them sincerely as you would serve christ try to please them all the time not just when they are watching you as slaves of christ do the will of god with all your heart work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for the people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven and he has no favoritism. So if God has no favoritism, how can that be superiority? How can that be a superior race? 
See, they never they never read their instruction. God has no favorites. It said we it says we are both the same. Ain't that what you? Let me read that again. Make sure I'm not tripping. It says you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. And it says masters treat your slaves in the same way. In the same way, what? So basically, he's saying that obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them as you would serve Christ. So the same way would be the master is supposed to respect the slave, right? Because he says treat your slaves in the same way. You got to treat your slave the same way that your slave is supposed to treat you. Hallelujah. See, that was never that was never read. Even when you on social media and people are posting these these memes up and I read them and they'll post Ephesians chapter six. They'll never they doing just what the slave masters did, but they'll never read verse nine. How weird is that? But thank God I can read. Thank God you can read. And if you can't read, I'm, I'm reading it to you. I'm reading it for you. So some of the threads of slavery was disrespect, harsh treatment, superiority, unfair treatment, non-personhood. Non-personhood simply means that they were getting us to believe that we weren't even a human being. But they couldn't have gotten any of that from scripture because this whole verse in verse 9 debunks all of those things. Masters treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. So that cancels out the threat of disrespect. That cancels our harsh treatment. You both have the same master in heaven. He has no favorites. I found the scripture in the book of Philemon. You probably didn't know that was a book. There's <laughs> only one chapter, Philemon. And I found this in here in the scripture, verse 15 and 16. The apostle Paul, he says, um, the apostle Paul is writing to Philemon. And verse 15 and 16, it says, it seems you lost one of us for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him, welcome him as you would welcome me. So he basically told him, don't receive him as a slave. You receive him as your brother. You receive him as your equal. Because I told you, biblical slavery had nothing to do with unfair treatment. It had nothing to do with selling people, kidnapping human beings. The Bible speaks against all of that. And as a matter of fact, Exodus chapter 21, verse 16. Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. So there were the... If that's just unhuman you, you can't steal a man you can't buy a human so he's saying anyone who steals a man and sells him will be put to death that's in exodus chapter 21 verse 16 the bible speaks against unfair treatment of slaves so as i stated yes slavery is in the bible but it's totally different from what these ignorant people were doing excuse me, <laughs> in America, they manipulated the people, took the people from our ancestors from their homeland, brought them over here, abused them, worked them to the bone, worked them till they died, didn't even care, they died and they said, oh well, we'll just get another one, told us we wasn't human, all these different things, now I'm not trying to stir up anger and I'm going to stop talking about it because I'm going to get mad. 
<laughs> but I'm just simply saying this. In 2020, us being the church, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is still the most segregated time in the country. You have black people worshiping in the black church, white people worshiping at the white church, Hispanics worshiping with Hispanics, Indians worshiping with Indians, and so forth and so on. Now why is that? Is it because we feel more comfortable with people of our own? What is it? Is it because we um, don't want to be associated with or fellowship with individuals who are not of the same race as we are? I don't know. Now there are churches that are multicultural churches, which I believe that every church should be multicultural church. We should have black, white, Hispanics, and all types of ethnicity in each and every local church. Okay, now I understand that may not always be the case, but I'm just saying how it should look and how it should be. Now what's wrong, now there's nothing wrong because the church that I attend is predominantly black. Okay, and I'm not prejudiced against anyone that is not my color. I love people as God loves. But if your reasoning for going to a church is simply because you don't want to attend a church because of people that is not the same race as you, then we may have to, we may have to do some reflection. Now, I'm not talking about you know, you're black, so you want to go to a, a church that has a black pastor, maybe for relatability. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if God leads you to go to a church where there's a white pastor? Or what if you listen to me and you're white and God leads you to a church where there's a black pastor? So we have to be open. The only qualification is that, hey, they're born again. It's my brother and sister in Christ. Now, you may not have to agree with everything I'm saying as pertains to this, you know, church attendance thing. But I'm just saying that I know cases that that's a thing. I, I, I my pastor, I want, I want to be under a white pastor. Well, why? Well, you know, them black churches, you know, they be in church too long and, and I don't the music. I don't whatever the case is. Mm -mm, God's created us all unique. So maybe um, when you attend the white church, their worship and their praise and worship is a little different. That's fine. You attend the black church, it's a little different. That's cool. But just no prejudice. We don't need it. We don't need it. All right? So again, your reasoning for attending or not attending the church should not be based on the fact that you feel like you're better than or less than or whatever have you. Relatability, I understand. So there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Do I have anything else? Let me see. Uh, I got a lot I need to talk about, but I'm trying to break up <laughs> these episodes because I definitely want to talk about um, uh, the black Muslims. So Farrakhan and yeah, we, we, we going to have to get into that, man, because uh there's some things that has definitely deceived a lot of black men and women into um, joining the Nation of Islam. And it all started with this book called A Message to the Black Man by Elijah Muhammad. And we're going to dig into that one. 
It's going to be tight, but it's going to be right. <laughs> so, but these are things that I need to address because we're dealing with racism in the church and we are going to deal with it from every aspect. Now, we're not going to exhaust the subject, but I'm going to do the best I can to try to cover as many aspects as I can. I know I got a little political today, but this was very important for me to bring out because people need to know. And these are probably things that you wondered, things that you scoped out. But yes, these are things that, you know, I just it's a lot of cold talk. And I can recognize cold political talk. So those are things that I just had to address. All right. And I promise next time I decide to take a vacation, I'll let you know. <laughs> this podcast has been a blessing to you. Please share this with your family and friends. Remember, you can follow me on social media at mbills314. You can also send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Remember these words from the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.